Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. Today, I'm bringing you another solo episode. I know that you guys love when I do these because you get a little behind-the-scenes look at what it is that I do. I know everyone's always asking me how I got started, how I got to where I am. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about what it is really like to be a dog influencer. I get questions from people all the time on Instagram and also in real life asking me what it's like to be an influencer. Although I have to say it feels kind of strange to describe myself with that term. The fact is that I am influencing people with my online presence. I hope that I'm influencing them to be happy, dog-loving people, but I'm also suggesting places to go and products to buy that I believe in that I think that they should also take advantage of. By doing that through sponsored posts and affiliate links, I'm able to make an income through my influence. So do you want to hear what it's really like to be a dog influencer? I'm pulling back the curtain here, you guys. So let's start from the beginning. Exactly how did I get started being an influencer? So in the early days of doing this, um, and it's it's hard for me always to talk about time frames of things because I say the early days, but I'm just talking about like three and a half years ago. (laughs) So um, in the early days, I definitely started to get some traction online as I started to build up my Instagram account. Um, before I even hit 10,000 followers and certainly after I hit 10,000 followers, that was sort of a milestone where I think you get a lot of attention from brands. And a couple of years ago, I think that, you know, the engagement was super high on Instagram and just lots of exciting things were happening. You know, I remember the excitement of my first post that got a thousand likes. And, um, of course the first couple of brands that reached out to me to offer me free treats or accessories or some kind of product in exchange for talking about it on my Instagram account. And that was so flattering to be thought of in that way at the beginning. Um, You know, I really felt like I had made it when I was getting offers for free stuff. Um, And and it was super exciting. But I do remember my very first paid campaign. uh, And that was actually a, a blog post that had a corresponding Instagram post and as well as Facebook and Twitter and probably Pinterest as well. And my very, very first campaign that I ever got paid for was through State Farm, the insurance company. Um, They were actually doing a campaign in the winter about winter road trip safety tips for your dog because so many people around the holidays, um, you know, throw their family and their dog and all their presents in the car and they drive great distances over the mountain and through the woods to get to grandmother's house. Um, And a lot of things can happen on those road trips. 
So State Farm was partnering with dog bloggers and probably some other mom bloggers to talk about road trip safety with dogs. And um, the the thing that they were kind of getting out of it, they I don't know if they still do this, but they had these roadside assistance vehicles that they had all over the highways and interstates. And so they wanted to give people some safety tips, so providing value to people out there who were reading it, but also educate them on the availability of the State Farm Emergency Assistance Vehicles. So I remember that first campaign. And um, I want to be like really honest with you guys in this episode. So um, the like hardest part about that campaign was, you know, it was the first one I had worked on. It was the first time I was being paid to write about something. And I remember having to sign a contract. And that was cool. But, you know, it was a little bit stressful because I want to make sure that I wasn't um, agreeing to something or signing my life away or what have you. So it's very, very important to read your contracts thoroughly and know what you're agreeing to. But then I also remember when I had to submit my draft. So one of the very important things about being a pet influencer is that you almost always have to submit a draft of your work to the brand before you post it. You don't don't always have to. Maybe um, you'll have a a longer-term relationship with someone where you don't have to do that. But nowadays, it's pretty commonplace. And so for this campaign for State Farm, that was the first time I had to do that. So I had written this blog post that I was really proud of with all these tips that were based on my personal experience road tripping with my dog. And I submitted it to them and it came back with like a million red lines and corrections and edits and all this stuff because they had sent it through their legal department. And their legal department said, oh, you can't recommend that dogs play with chews in the back of the car because um, they might choke and you can't supervise them or something like that. Um, and so it was really, really interesting for me to see that, um, you know, the, the amount of care and and detail that was going into these things. And it also, um, you know, had to make me realize that I had to give up a little bit of control. So when you're doing sponsored posts, you are really working for that brand. So sometimes you don't get to say exactly what you want to say. Sometimes they edit it to best serve their needs. And so that's just kind of like a a fine line in there. Of course, you don't want to agree to anything that's going to misrepresent your views. But sometimes you have to also let go of control and just provide the brand with what they want and what they need as long as it's not, you know, going against something that you believe in. So that was my very, very first influencer campaign, and I have worked on many since then. So I would love to talk to you guys about different experiences I've had over the years. But before we get into all that, um, I want to talk about another another key point about influencer campaigns. I think a lot of people, and maybe you're listening to this, and um, you don't, you haven't hit ten thousand followers, or twenty thousand, or forty thousand, or whatever. That's totally fine. Your follower number isn't necessarily the most important thing for sponsored posts. I don't think that you need to be a huge account. You don't have to have 50,000 followers to be an influencer and to have um, brands compensate you for what you're doing. There are tons of accounts out there with five or 10,000 or, you know, something in that range who are working with really cool brands. 
one of the um, important things that brands might look for instead of just your follower number is your kind of engagement. And you can look up your engagement rate on various tools. Um, there is a tool that I use. Um, it is called Flanks, I guess. It's P-H-L-A-N-X.com. And um, I will link to it in the show notes of this episode. But if you go there, you can figure out your engagement rate. And one of the things that I love about it is that it will kind of show you the average engagement rate for a certain number of followers. So what's really interesting is that accounts that have between 1,000 and 5,000 followers have an average of 5.6% engagement, which is super high. I know 5% doesn't sound like a lot, but 5% engagement is super high. And then the next sort of category that they break out is 5,000 to 20,000 followers, and it jumps down. It's less than half of that. It is 2.4% engagement. So what's really interesting, if you go to flanks.com and look at your engagement rate, you might find that even though you don't have a huge follower number, you still have a really excellent engagement rate. Um, And don't be worried if your number is lower than the average one. I, I think there is just such a range that people can have. But in addition to looking at like the hard numbers on something like that, that is just just a computer just looking at numbers. Engagement is really more than that. Engagement is like the real conversations that you're having with people, with commenters, with your followers. So if you are getting comments on your posts, it's really important that you leave really authentic replies back to every single comment. Even DMs. If you're getting DMs from people, maybe they're replying to your Instagram stories and that shows up in your DM inbox. Make sure that you reply as much as possible with um, some kind of a question or a statement. See if you can engage that person in like an actual discussion. And that's really what true engagement is. So I think brands are looking for that too. I've worked with brands before who told me explicitly that they selected me to work with because they loved how I interacted with all the comments on my posts. So that's a really, really important component to a lot of brands. So you might be able to deliver better engagement with a smaller following than another account that has a huge following. So that's something to think about. Um, and, And another thing that brands look at is just the actual creative collateral that you're creating. So some brands, and I think the smartest ones, (laughs) will work with influencers so that they can get their really awesome, authentic, creative photos that they're creating. Now, I put a lot of work into the photos that I create for my Instagram account, and I see other influencers putting in a ton of work. And there's some amazing pet accounts and dog accounts out there that just have amazing photos. Um, And when they're working with brands, um, you know, the brand can usually include in their contract that they will be able to repost those images on their own social media. So even if you don't have a lot of followers, the brand might not care because maybe they just want to be able to use your photo to post on their own social media. Now, another experience that I had recently, um, and I'm going to tell you guys, this was This was so interesting. So I've been working with Barefoot Wines, you may have noticed on my Instagram account, and they've been really awesome to work with. Their brand just, 
aligns really well with my brand. They're all about love and positivity and acceptance. And um, they were a huge sponsor of all the Pride Fest stuff happening in June. And I'm really honored to be one of the only dog influencers included in their summer campaigns. That was super exciting to me. Um, But I have to tell you that when I got accepted to this campaign, they are working with probably 20 or 30 different influencers around the country. And when I looked at the list of other influencers, some of them were huge. Some of them, uh, there was people who had like a million followers. And I started to feel like a little bit of an inferiority complex, worried that what I was going to create wasn't as good as what those people were creating. But that was just, you know, fear on my own behalf because the reality is Barefoot Wines handpicked me to be on their campaign. So they did not care if I had uh, a lot less, well, even though I have 40,000 followers, uh, which is a lot, um, but it was a lot less than some of the other accounts that are also on this same campaign. They did not care about that. What they were interested in was the authenticity of my account, how I share my life and positivity and, um, you know, just share my mission, which is just dog joy and dog love (laughs) with the world. And they also were really interested in my photos and my content. And so an interesting thing that they did on this campaign, that this was a first time for me, was that they actually syndicated my post as a sponsored post on Instagram. So it's really, really cool. There's different tools out there that brands can use to link up um, their their back-end capabilities, analytics and stuff with your own account. So they're using a tool that enables them to take posts that I've authorized on my account and for them to turn those into sponsored posts on Instagram. So it was really, really cool because one of my posts that they chose to do that to ended up getting, I think, over 10,000 likes on it, which was really, really cool. Um... But it was neat because it, it, it showed up. It wasn't really an actual, like the actual post on my account had like a thousand likes, which is kind of more average for my account. But then there was this ad one that showed up that had 10,000 likes. So for me, my photo and my username and my dogs and just my whole brand was getting exposed to a huge group of people. And Barefoot was also benefiting a ton because obviously my photo performed really, really well for them. So that was a really kind of just cool experience of a sponsored campaign that I'm working on right now. And I still have a couple more posts going up for them. So make sure you watch my account at Team Mystic if you're not following me. Uh, And you can see more examples of those posts throughout the summer. So that was really, really cool. Do you want to grow your pack, get free treats, and have everyone on Instagram adore your dog? You need to grow your pup fluence. Most of the advice out there from so-called Instagram experts is either too common sense or so unclear that you can't figure out how to make it work for you. That's because it's not designed for pet people. If you struggle to grow your following even though your pet is cute AF, catch yourself comparing your account to big deal pet influencers, and work like a dog to take photos that just don't feel up to snuff, then you need Instagram strategy for the pet obsessed, AKA inspo. 
It's an online course I've created to give pet parents and brands like you clear guidance and helpful solutions to create the Instagram account of your dreams. You can learn all about it at wearwagrepeat.com inspo. Make sure you hit it up before July 31st to take advantage of a special introductory offer. That's wearwagrepeat.com I-N-S-P-O. Now you might be wondering, how do I get these sponsored campaigns? Um, I've already mentioned a bunch of different things that I have worked on. Um, and sometimes brands reach out to me directly through email or through DM. And just to give you a tip, it's really important that if you are looking to do any kind of influencer or sponsored work, that it's easy to contact you. So make sure that you have your email address listed on your Instagram profile. And if you have a link in your bio, um, wherever that link takes people, if, if you have a blog, that's awesome. If you don't, if you're using Linktree or Tap Bio or something like that, make sure that people can contact you really easily. Um, so sometimes I get reached out to directly. But there's also a lot of things out there called influencer networks. And I think that if you're just getting started, those are the easiest route to go on. Um, And that's how I really got started. And that's still how I do a lot of work. So a couple of those networks to check out would be Aspire IQ, Isaiah, which is I-Z-E-A, and Social Native. And if you're just starting out, I really recommend trying Social Native. It is, um, they they do a lot of smaller campaigns and they work a lot with Petco. So I've actually done several campaigns with them through Petco. Um, and most notably the ones that I can remember were, um, a Halloween campaign. They wanted to promote dog Halloween costumes at Petco. So I get this little alert, this little email alert that says there's a new campaign on social native with Petco and you might be a good fit, fit, check it out. So I click on the link in the email and I go and it says what exactly what they're looking for. They say, we want to promote Halloween costumes for dogs at Petco. Um, we are looking for influencers to do one Instagram post. In that post, you must mention at Petco, you must use this hashtag, that hashtag. You must say hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad. Um, and maybe they want you to do corresponding Instagram stories. And then it will also include things, um, you know, different guidelines like um, no no inappropriate costumes. Um, the photo should never show your dog being put at risk in any way. Um, so whenever you're doing an influencer network, a campaign through an influencer network, they're always going to list these really clearly defined and very specific guidelines about what they're looking for, what they want your post to be, what they want the photo to be, what they don't want it to be. And I find that if you're just getting started, that is so, so helpful because maybe you just don't really know the best practices um, and some of like the legal ramifications of sponsored posts. So for instance, you always need to have hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored prominently in your post in order to comply with legal guidelines. Um, So by doing posts through influencer networks like that, you can learn a lot about the process. You can learn what brands want, um, you know, the, the correct timeline to deliver things on and sort of go through the steps 
with like a guided assistance sort of. And once you feel really comfortable with that, then I would recommend reaching out to brands directly. Um, make sure that you're building a relationship with them on social media. I always like to kind of, I have a, a, a list of brands that I'm dating on social media. And basically what I mean by that is I go and I kind of like flirting with them. I leave comments on all of their posts. I try to reply to their stories. I make sure that every week I'm going in and seeing if they've posted anything new and if I have anything to contribute. And then once I feel like we're building up a little bit of a rapport, I ask them out. <laughs> and maybe I send them a message seeing um, if, they're, if they are doing influencer campaigns or if there's anyone I can reach out to directly to talk about influencer campaigns. Um, and that's that's sort of a great way to approach, approach a brand. Um, think of it as you're crushing on them, you're flirting with them, then you're dating with them, then uh, you get married <laughs> and you have a side of contract. <laughs> That's really what getting married is, right guys? <laughs> um, okay, now I want to address a question that I actually got from one of my followers on Instagram at simple underscore doggy. Simple Doggy is a brand of really innovative, cool dog leashes that's based here in Pittsburgh. And they asked me, how do I decide what products to endorse? So there's a few questions that I ask myself anytime I'm thinking about a brand or a brand approaches me. So first of all, does the product align with my life and my values and my brand? Does it excite me? Is it innovative or special in some way? Does the product help people? And of course, I also have to consider, does it pay? So um, let's talk about the first point for a second. Does the product align with my life and values? So for instance, I was talking about the Barefoot Wines campaign. And at first glance, you might think like, uh, why? <laughs> what does wine have to do with dogs? <laughs> well, I'll just tell you right now, a lot of dog moms talk about drinking wine at home with their dog. So right off the get-go, I think that it's going to really have a good touch point with my audience. But then also, I looked at Barefoot and what their brand really stands for, which is positivity, um, togetherness, community. They're all about, um, you know, they also have this, this hashtag on this campaign, JOMO, the joy of missing out, which is basically staying at home with your dog instead of going out to parties with people. <laughs> At least that's how I define it. Um, and so there was just so many ways that our brands aligned and that I felt like it was a brand that I would want to associate myself with. So that is one example for the first one. Um, then I asked myself, does it excite me? Is it innovative or special in some way? So that makes me think a little bit of um, some dog tech campaigns that I've worked on. So recently I did a giveaway post with Whistle Labs. We were giving away a Whistle GPS dog tracker device. And the way that I timed the campaign, I'd been in communication with them for a month or two. Uh, and I decided I pitched them on the idea of running the campaign oh, the week before the 4th of July. Because I don't know if you know this, but the 4th of July has more dog runaways on that day than any other day of the year. I think it's a combination of the fireworks and people having parties and being outside and all these things. More dogs get lost that day than any other day of the year. So I thought it was really 
innovative and special to talk about a GPS dog tracker a week before that. Um, maybe people wouldn't have time to buy the product and use it in time for the 4th of July, but it is very timely. It really gets their attention. They may be seeing other reports in the news with these facts included in them, and so it just is very timely and it ties in with a lot of things. So, you know, that, that excited me, and I just love anything that I can have an app that tracks what my dogs are doing. So, <laughs> so that excites me. Um, and then, does it help people? So I'll give you another exact example of something I worked on recently. I did an Instagram campaign with a company called Headbands of Hope. And I found that through an influencer network, I believe it was through Aspire IQ, and Headbands of Hope is a really cool startup business um, created by young women. Um, well, I mean, that makes them sound like they're teenagers, but women <laughs> um, who wanted to um, create bandanas and forever or, um, headbands. And for every headband that they sell, they give one to a child who is battling cancer. So I just thought that was just so wonderful. And as I looked at their Instagram account, I noticed that the women who run this company all have dogs. When it was like National Pet Day or something a couple of months ago, they posted a carousel post on Instagram with all the women in their office with their dogs. So I knew that these were my people and that it was also a really great message. Any way that we can promote a product that is going to bring people joy through a great, wonderful product, but then also sort of pay it forward to other people who could use a little bit of brightness and joy in their lives, that is something I am going to just jump right on. So the, the last question that I ask myself is, does the campaign pay? So I'm going to tell you right now, the Headbands of Hope campaign did not pay. Um, I got two free headbands out of it, um, and I posted it. And then the Headbands of Hope account has reposted it many times. They've been wonderful to work with. And I agreed to do that campaign, even though it didn't pay, because I just thought it was just a wonderful thing to work on. So um, they don't always have to pay, but um, that is definitely something that I consider. So I hope that addresses your question, Simple Doggy, if you're listening to this episode. Um, now, I have so much more that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, I could go on and on and on about this topic forever. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up um, really quick by telling you what I wish I knew at the start. So when I started doing this, I, like I told you, I was relying a lot on influencer networks and it took me a long time to build up the confidence to reach out to brands directly, but I wish I had done that sooner. So if I were you, I would recommend reaching out to brands like right now, um, just, you know, do that, do what I recommended, start flirting with them on social media and see if you can start dating them and then um, try to form some kind of a relationship with them. So I would recommend doing that earlier rather than later. Okay. And, and another thing that I would recommend, um, looking out for, I wish that I had sort of known this at the start, um, but is to looking out for, is to look out for ambassador programs. Um, you'll see a lot of brands out there offering um, free product in exchange for Instagram dog models or something like that. And while it might be really flattering to have your dog chosen to be the spokesperson 
dog <laughs> or the supermodel of whatever brand that is, and they're going to send you a free bandana or a free leash or what have you, be really careful what you're agreeing to do. Because I have seen people um, out there, there's, an, there's a Facebook group called Dogs of Instagram where people talk a lot about, you know, different things going on in their dog's Instagram accounts. And I've seen people post in there to say, oh, we've been selected as an ambassador. Um, we have to post twice a week. We have to share the link this many times. We have to put the link in our bio and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And they're kind of asking a lot uh, in exchange for just getting some free stuff. So watch out for those ambassador programs. Um, if, if you're a brand listening to this, make sure that your ambassador program is fair and is not asking too much of the people that you are bringing on board. You want to make sure in everything that you do that it is just a win-win for everyone because then and everyone's just going to feel better about it. So I have many, many, many more questions to answer about what it is like to be a dog influencer, and I'm going to be addressing those over on my blog. So head over to wearwagrepeat.com, and you can find that post. I'm going to be talking about how I grew such a large following, how I handle two dogs on one account. A lot of people are curious and I think struggle with that. You know, do you have to put both dogs in every photo and, and those kinds? Of questions. I'm also talking about what it feels like to have my life out there so publicly. Someone DM'd me to ask me um, how it feels to put my life out there and have it open for criticism, which is true. That's a true fact. So I'm really excited to talk about that. And then I'm going to be sharing my number one tip for growing your Instagram influence. So that is all going to be over on the blog at wherewagrepeat.com. Calm. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I can't believe how time flew by so quickly. I could just talk about dog influencing all day long. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park.